entertainment is not a young person's game. People think that, it's not. It's an older person's game because a network takes time to connect. Like me knowing you, and in five years from now, me continuing to know you, it makes us to be able to co-sign each other for opportunities. Yo, what's up, ladies and Gs? Much love for those tuning in. Hey, before we dive into today's episode, I just want to say thank you so much for just hitting the play button. I'm very, very grateful for those tuning in for the first time. It means the world to me. As today, I'm very excited about this episode as I can't wait to share it with you all. So if you have a strong passion for music or you just love it in general, listen, this is the episode you want to tune into. Make sure you cut it up. I mean, all the way, definitely, as I have a very special guest coming on today's show. Um, he is an on-air radio personality, also one of the top DJs in the music industry. He is widely recognized for his work based out of LA for the hit urban station, Real 92.3. You may have seen him as well on BET and places like Revote. I mean, this guy's interviewed people like Nas, Wiz Khalifa, Floyd Mayweather, Diddy. I mean, the list goes on and on. But he's very passionate about what he does, and I'm very happy to have him on the show as we talk a little bit about everything. I mean, it's backstory, how he got his shot, and getting into the game not once, but twice tips and tactics on how to be an on-air personality and a lot lot more so i'm gonna start rambling right because you know i get a lot of excited look look i can't even speak i get a lot of excited look <laughs> i get excited i can't wait to share this episode um and with that being said it's time to do what we do best it's time to level up so let's get it are you ready level up daily the hottest podcast for self-growth with interviews from the hottest celebrities level me up level me up yeah now your host deandre evans level me up level me up yeah it's time to level up and level up yo what's going on guys much love to those returning and shout out for those tuning in for the first time i'm your host deandre evans and today i have a very very special guest coming on to the show i mean as you can tell he's dancing for those who's tuning in he's millie rocking he's killing it uh, let me just say this. If you love music and you have a passion for it, this is definitely an episode you want to tune into. Go ahead and cut the volume up, right? Because that's what we're going to be doing. We're going to be turning up on this episode, talking about a lot. And with that being said, the best part about this conversation is that not only is he a DJ, but he hosts many different shows as well. You've probably seen him on your favorite TV show. I mean, he's been a part of BT, Revo. I mean, it's, there's too many to list, but he has had the pleasure of interviewing a lot of great people like Nas, I mean, Diddy, come on, Wiz Khalifa, Floyd Mayweather. I mean, this guy is a legend out here. But I have none other than my guy himself, DJ Damage, on today's podcast. What, what it do? What it do? <laughs> What's going on, man? Where you at right now? I can tell you chilling. Man, I'm in the crib. I'm in the crib right now. <laughs> yeah. It's been a long few days, but, yeah, you know, you know how it works. I got you, man. I got you. It's all, it's all a part of the game. It's all a part of the hustle. But how are you feeling, man? You feeling good? I'm feeling great. Spirit's great. Everything's amazing, man. Can't yeah. complain. Good, good. Glad to hear that. Glad to hear that. So normally what I like to do is just open up the floor a little bit. It is Friday, right? Got like a Friday thing going on. So we can do like a flashback Friday type of thing. And if you don't mind, I like to open up the floor to my guests. Just to tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, your backstory, how you got started in the industry. Just to give my people who haven't heard of you a chance to know a little bit more about you. Yeah, so I started DJing probably when I was 12 years old. Uh, my brother was a rapper, and I tried to rap. I really did. <laughs> yeah, I really I, tried to rap. I already but, know where this is going. 
wasn't really good at rapping, so, you know, my brother used to always call me his DJ. And this is back when I was even, like, nine years old. This yeah. is before I had DJ equipment. So I was always looked at as the DJ. And mm -hmm. I remember when I turned around 11 or 12, yeah. uh, I went to this boarding school called Gerard College. And when I first started there, they opened up a community center called The Hum. Mm. For some reason, our, our uh, mascot was the Hummers and the Cavaliers. It was whack. But okay. so the <laughs> community center was called The Hum. So I remember when the doors first opened, I ran up in there and they had a stage, they had a dance floor, they had an arcade, and they had a DJ booth. Mm. And I was like, yo, I got to figure this out. Mm. And that's where I met my boy. His name is uh, DJ YS. Uh, now Sean McMillan, like that's the dude that kind of taught me how to DJ from the rip. But I remember mm -hmm. running in there, running up on him like, yo, like yeah. <laughs> I, I'm a DJ. Like you got to show me how to use this stuff. And he was like breaking right. it all down for me. Like, you know, each turntable costs this and all this. And I was like, I can't afford that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so from there, um, as that year went on, I would do like landscaping work and picking up sticks and mowing lawns and all type of stuff. And I saved up for my first DJ in the box setup. Mm. So I got that around, I was like 12, 13, and that's mm. where everything kind of started. And I remember uh, I, I bought it for myself on Christmas, and I mm. remember opening everything up, and I put it all together, and I had two records. Uh -huh. And I, I was playing with the records for like two minutes, and I was like, why did I buy this? Like, <laughs> why did I just yeah. grab Dreamcast? Like, right. this is not I even fun. Yeah. yeah, it's not fun, bro. It's hard work. And I'm like, yeah. this is like, but, you know, I I remember setting that stuff up, and I, I gave it some time. I went upstairs to play some video games. I was like, when I come back off of winter break, I learn yeah. how to use darn turntables. Yeah. So YS was teaching me, man, and, you know, I DJed all throughout high school. Mm. I, didn't, I didn't really have any other goals but to be on the radio. Like, that's all I ever wanted to do. Okay. So I went to college. I didn't know what I was going to go to school for, because I'm like, I just want to be on the radio. I really don't know. Yeah. And. Uh, my music teacher at the time was like, yo, you should go to school for communications because that's what that is, like working communications. Yeah, what's and, uh, high school? I mean, not high school. What college did you go to? Temple, Temple okay. University. Okay. So I'm going to Temple and like literally I'm only going because I want to DJ. Like I really know I have to do anything else in school. And yeah. that's what I did in school. I remember my first year, um, you know, I was trying to get in all the organizations and everything. Right. Nobody was letting your boy join. Everybody was... Uh -huh. I was a freshman, too. Everybody's pushing me to the side. Yeah, like, hey, stay over there. <laughs> so I created my own movement. Mm -hmm. And I got T-shirts made. I had promo girls. Because we had all the freshmen. All the freshmen was kind of, like, trying to make our own wave. And that's how I kind of took over my school. I took over my school, like, freshman, sophomore year. And mm -hmm. all the people I was asking to join their stuff was like, damn, like, this dude then came up and did his own thing. Yeah. But long story short, there's so many stories within this story. Um, Like I said... <laughs> I only wanted to do radio and we started a temple radio show with my homegirl named Brown B and she worked in promotions at the radio station mm -hmm. so she really wanted to be on air I wanted to be on air as a DJ but she wanted to be a personality because she was using that as her um, as her air check mm -hmm. and when she was sending her air check in they was hearing me mm -hmm. and they was like yo who's the DJ and yeah. long story short man I was able to um get myself a situation called uh, Hottest DJ in the Hood, which was like where they were showcasing DJs from the city. And from yeah. there, eventually, without making this story even longer, I was able to secure a radio spot my sophomore year of college. And that's wow. kind of how everything started. That's crazy. That's big. 
I mean, to, to <laughs> have the intention to know, like, what you wanted. Because, I mean, honestly, it started off with your bro was like, yo, I'm rapping, you DJing. He was like, all right. <laughs> it's going to be a group. We're about to be the new outcast, but I can't <laughs> rap, so. Man, you just like, all right, I, yeah, I'll take the DJ route. But then you took it seriously, like, yo, I'm going to go to school for this. I'm going to get a degree. You know, I'm going to work this. You just want to be on radio. And it turned out, you say, within, like, two years, basically, you made it happen. So that's a, that's a big, big time. Yeah, well, you know, it was a long, it was a long yeah, yeah. time. I ain't going to say in two years I made it happen, but it definitely <laughs> happened quicker than I thought it was going to happen. Because you got to understand, that was the overall dream. Right. So to get that while I was still in school, I was like, all right, like. Yeah. And then, you know, of course, there was many stuff, you know, after that. But that's kind of right. how it started. I got you. I got you. So during that time, that transitioning, you, you DJing in high school and college, like, you know, what was the name was always DJ Damage. I used to be an engineer too. And I used to record all the uh, the homies in the hood, oh, and I was man. and I was DJ Duel at the time because my name's Abdul. Okay. And I was like, man, that's not fly though. And my boy, <laughs> so I had a couple names I was going. With. I was going to try to be DJ Franchise. Like I had all these names listed, and my man was like, yo, you should be DJ Damage because you do damage. <laughs> I was just looking like, nah, that's kind of whack, bro. Like, <laughs> feeling it. But everybody around him was like, nah, that's it, man. It should be damaged. So when I went back to school, and I was like, oh, I'm going by DJ Damage now. Everybody was laughing at me like, yo, we're not calling you DJ Damage. That's lame. And then I guess it, eventually it stuck. Like, now everybody called me Damage, so. Right. No, that's hot. That's hot. I mean, that's a good name to have on a DJ. You'd be like, yo, who, who DJing tonight? You'd be like, oh, Damage. Oh, it's going to be lit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> It's a different conversation. Well, yeah, that's how I kicked off, man. The name, it wasn't something I came up with. My homie came up with it. Good, man, good. I love it. I love it. So to dive more into, you know, the realm of DJing, because obviously not only do you DJ, but you do a lot of different things, but I know a lot of people want to know a little bit more about it. Like, personally for you, just to open up this, this comfort zone, like, what, what really, you know, excites you the most about your creative process when you DJing? You know, is it just the, the atmosphere? Is it the sound, the songs, the setup? What is it to you that? Well, for me, I, I'm I got bad anxiety and I'm real shy. So okay. me, it was like, how can I how can I be at the party and not be at the party at the same time? Like and be out the way. And I was like, mm. always back in those days, the DJ was always like in a corner somewhere and he was in the party, he was getting it lit, but he didn't have to be like, you know, getting bumped and stuff. Like I just I, I'm still not good with that. Like I don't know how to be in a party. I always just know how to be behind the DJ booth. So that was really like how I first started. Like, man, I got this social anxiety, but mm -hmm. I still want to be at the party. I love the music. I love watching people dance. I don't necessarily want to dance. Yeah. And I don't necessarily want people touching me. Yeah. But, like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but I want to be here. So yeah. I was like, okay, I want to be that guy over there. And mm -hmm. I think that's how it started. And I was always into the technical aspect of DJing, like scratching yeah. and beat juggling. That's kind of how I started. And then mm -hmm. as I got older, I got more into, like, the more party rocking. And, you know, yeah. so it, it was all like a transition. I got you. I got you. I love that, though. So you was more so, well, you kind of still are, right? You're an introvert. Basically. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But, which turned to, like, an omnivert. Like, you still, you out in the social scene, but you still like, eh, I'm being in this corner. And we're just going to get it over here. Yeah, bro. I'm the king <laughs> of sitting by myself in the corner. Everybody like, you good? I'm like, nah, I'm, I'm perfect, man. This is my vibe. <laughs> yeah, just give me a drink or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm just over there just watching people. I'm a people watcher. Yeah, yeah, I feel it. I feel it. I like that, man. I like that a lot. Because I know a lot of people personally tuning in. Um, and I try to cater to a, a big group. we got a large audience. A lot of people are like, yo, Dre, get damaged on. Get a DJ on. Get somebody in the music industry. 
because I had a guy, um, James Worthy. I'm not sure you're familiar with James. Yeah, James Worthy was on not too long ago, and it was a great episode, great segment. And, you know, he was telling his story about the music industry and how he see it shaping and how it's reforming and everything's transpiring. And I just want to get your take on, you know, what do you see is really going on in the music industry since you ended as a DJ? You see it, you know, well, strong, see it as, like, going left, you think people... It's saturated. Like, what's your, your take on it? Nah, man, streaming brought it back. This shit was about to die, though. <laughs> I'm telling you, they was, they was in hot water, but streaming brought it back because there was no more money to be made in the industry. Like, you know, back when we came up, you sell a record once, yeah. you know, that's it. That's it. It's gone. Which was fine because at that time, everybody was buying physical records. And then <laughs> once the internet came out, everybody was bootlegging their favorite artists and their favorite CDs. Yeah. And now, you know, it was hard to make that turnaround. But once they figured yeah. out that that algorithm and how they're going to make revenue off the streaming, it brought so much budget back to the labels. Because now it's not like how it used to be where you buy one physical CD. Mm. You can have an album and it keeps playing, keep playing, keep making money, keep making money, keep making money. Right. So now the record labels are back in positions to sign artists and give advances. And, yeah. you know, actually now if you start looking... They're actually starting to, to develop artists again. And that hasn't happened mm -hmm. in a long time. I if like you look that. at Little Nas X, that's a yeah. developed artist. That's not an artist that blew up on SoundCloud and they just took him. No, they masterpieced everything a part of this dude's brand. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the record industry is definitely back. And if you want to be independent, that's a great avenue for you, too. So it's really looking good if you want to do music right now. Got you, got you. Because I, like I said, I know you in the, in the midst of everything. So you yeah. see it all from both sides. And I, I believe I caught like a little glimpse into a new show that you into. I think it's like A&R. Yeah, Armchair A&R. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Tell us a little bit about that. Because I see like you working with artists up and coming, something along those lines, right? Yeah, so it's my show for BET Digital. And they wanted to get people that usually critique music to mm -hmm. actually see if they can go in there and create a single. And... The artist I'm working with won a BET competition. Her name's Day Jones. She's from Chicago. And she joined the competition during the BET experience off, off a whim. She was there to sell some hair products, and she paid somebody to stand in line for her. Mm -hmm. And when her time came up, she ran back in line, performed, and won the competition. So yeah. I'm working with her to help her develop her first official single with a record label, and they're just documenting that journey. That's heavy. That's heavy. I like that. That's a good concept. I think we need more of that, too, just on a, a public mainstream, especially people that's trying to get into the industry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, people trying to break down barriers. They're trying to take a left. And a lot of people don't know what they're doing. So having someone in your expertise behind them, that's heavy. That's real heavy. It's fun, man. Look, I'm learning as I go, too. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I saw a trailer. He was like, uh, what's a <laughs> Hey, He was like, what's that? I <laughs> mean... <laughs> Who really knew what A and R stood for? I know what A and R's do all day, but I never, yeah, yeah. I never really try to pay attention to. And it, I mean, I think I, I think I knew, but you know, for the sake of production, I had to act like I didn't know. <laughs> I'm sure it's artists and repertoire, but yeah, it was like, eh, close enough. I feel it. Like, I feel it's like. a production, and like, yeah. <laughs> and I even laughed at them. You know, they try to make me seem in a novice of certain things. And I'm like, guys, I've been only doing this my whole life, so it's not going to be a lot of questions you're going right. to ask. You're going to have right. to edit like I don't know. Like, why would I come on a show about being an A&R and not research what an A&R does? Like, I'm never going to do that. So right, right. That's like rookie mistakes. That's like one-on-one stuff. Exactly. <laughs> they were like, oh, so you just know everything. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm doing this show. Of course I'm going to try to know yeah. everything. Right, right, straight up. <laughs> I'm going to go sit down on camera looking crazy. So, but, yeah. 
you know, the, the edits and everything is fun. They made, make, make, definitely make it more enjoyable. Right, right, right. And that's obviously what we see and that's transpired out. So that's cool. But tell me a little bit more, because I, I like the A&R, the channel that you have, the outlet. I also admire the fact that you was, you know, with Revo, basically, right? Yeah. BT, you did that as well. Like, let's let's hop back, do like a time travel real quick, skip back, because I know that was a little earlier in the session. Like, how did that transpire? Like, how did that come about? What happened there? I got stories, bro. <laughs> so, a long time ago, yeah, I um was being a guest host on 106 in Park, mm. and I was supposed to get the job after Terrence and Roxy left. I got I wish I could find this footage. Somebody at BT, if y'all watching this, give it to me. Where out of nowhere, it was me and my homegirl Pajian. We were hosting after New Year's. And out of nowhere, they was like, yo, these are the new hosts of 106 in Park. Yeah. And y'all going to see them more this year and blah, blah, blah. And we had no idea this, this announcement was coming. So it was like, <laughs> so when they made that announcement, I'm talking, you know, I'm thinking I'm about to be the new host of 106 in Park. This is dope. Yeah. Mama, this is a dream. <laughs> I, I never got called in for the job. Uh. And then a few months later, they started doing this competition like, oh, 106 in Park is looking for new hosts. And everybody hitting me up like, yeah, I thought you was the host. What's going on? I'm like, bruh, I have no idea. Right, right, right. It's above me now. <laughs> it's way above. I just was like, whatever. <laughs> on radio, somebody on the opposite station was looked at as my competition. Their manager reached out to me like, yo, you know, this revolt thing is happening, and I want to uh, submit your stuff for it. Now, this is right after Diddy put the new uh, joint on. I don't know if y'all remember Diddy put that post on Instagram. It was like, I'm looking for hosts, blah, 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 blah. Yeah, yeah, that was a while. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that first post where everybody was like, yo, what's this? <laughs> so I remember seeing that. And then when yeah. old boy hit me up saying, yo, I'm, I want to submit your stuff for it. It was mm -hmm. like, yo, that would be sick. Now, I got to move another step backwards. When he said submit my stuff, I had to right. have stuff. Yeah, right? Yeah, I needed yeah. to have some kind of material. I've never done TV before. Uh, what happened was, there's a sneaker store, and I don't know if it's still in rotation, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. I don't know if it's still in <laughs> But it was called The Villa. You ever heard of The Villa? Oh, yeah. No. Nah, it's, uh, it's, it's a store, right? Yeah. It's a sneaker yeah, store. There's actually one out here near me. I still want around. Yeah, yeah. So it was a time where The Villa, I was official DJ for The Villa. I used to work there every weekend DJing. And they started putting TVs in their store. So I pitched to the dude that ran Villa in the, in the offices, can I create a TV show for the TVs y'all have in these stores? Because they're all connected in each city. And I was like, you know, it'd be a good way for people to walk in the store, see what I'm doing, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. They said, okay. They gave me a budget. I shot a bunch of stuff. I interviewed people like The Game, Michael Vick. Uh, yeah. Meek Mill at the time. I was interviewing everybody in the city because I was on radio at the time. So I had some pool to get people, but I've never done TV before. Gotcha. Long story short, my per my homie, because I'm still in college at the time, that yeah. I went to school with, was supposed to edit everything and deliver it to the villa. Yeah. He dropped the ball and disappeared. Mm. So that opportunity didn't happen. Right. But what he did do to make it up is from all that footage we had, he mm. created my reel. Okay. So that is the reel I gave old boy that was going to submit to Revolt. Mm. Okay. I'm trying to fast forward because this is a very long story. Bro. No, it's detailed. I'm pretty sure everybody into it. I'm into it. I want to know what's happening. <laughs> so 
boom, I gave them that. And this was during the time uh, I was trying to become a heavy hitter DJ. Okay. Not the DJ enough. And before I was a heavy hitter DJ, the heavy hitters from around the country will go out with Golden Boy Productions, which is Floyd, yeah. and interview Floyd himself and his boxers to promote the matches. This is before, you know, yeah. Instagram and Twitter was really big. They were getting radio personalities to come out and personally interview Floyd Mayweather. Mm -hmm. So I came out there once, interviewed Floyd, and then they flew me out again to Grand Rapids to interview, uh, interview Adrian Broner. Oh, wow. So yeah. coming back from interviewing, and you got to say, I never even left the city before. This is the first yeah. time I've ever been to Vegas, Grand right. Rapids. I don't know about none of this. I'm still young. I'm like 20. Like, I'm yeah. just happy to be around. you like, so, I'm gone. Look, coming back <laughs> from interviewing uh, um, Adrian Broner, I get yeah. a call on the phone. I'm on the plane. I'm on the plane now. Yeah. <laughs> I get a call and it's like, is this um DJ damage? And I'm like, yes, it is. They're like, hey, this is Val. Uh Mr. Mr. Combs wants to speak to you. And I was like, huh? Mr. Combs wants to speak to you. And I'm on the plane, bro. Like the plane is yeah. about to taxi off to take off. And I'm like, is this one of the moments you get off the plane? Like, <laughs> like, is this yeah. a Diddy moment where you get off the plane and like miss yeah. the flight? Right. I didn't get off the plane because I, I I had a newborn at the time, so I was like, I gotta go home. I was like, look, yeah, I'm on a plane. I don't know what to tell you right now. And she's like, Puff wants to speak to you. Not right now. Sorry, dude. <laughs> I had to go. So I tried to call back when I landed. No one answered, and like a week went by, yeah. and I was just like, man, I guess I blew that. And they called me back to set up a um a audition to go to New York and kind of mm -hmm. do like a field audition like hosting on the streets yeah went up there they mic'd me up i started doing it i felt like i bombed it like mm -hmm. i felt like i like they had me a script like to uh remember and everything and i didn't remember it well and i was studying mm -hmm. it all night i went up there i felt like i bombed it i really yeah. wanted to go home crying i went back on the mega bus i felt like i wanted to cry <laughs> it's like no nah, who's <laughs> the point like i, I effing blew it like you had a chance and you blew it Nah. Another two weeks goes by. Mm. Yo, I'm sorry. This story is so long. I'm really sorry. It's no, it's, I, it, no, man, it deals, and it I'm shortening this story up. <laughs> so understand, I come home. I'm like literally about to cry. I'm on a on a, on a bus. Like my face is on the window. I got tears. Yeah. So I try not to come down. Two weeks like, goes by, yeah. and I get another call, mm. and they're like, "Yo, Puff wants to interview you." And I'm like, it? "What?" <laughs> now understand this at the time I'm mm. on radio but I'm on mm. radio all day I do a morning show I mm. do a new mix I do a new at 2 I right. DJ in the afternoons with QDZ and I got a night show so I was all over my radio station yeah Sean Puffy Combs wants to interview you tomorrow in the middle of the damn day I need yeah. to be on the radio yeah. so I'm like what do yeah, what I do you, exactly what do you do now like, see, the first time I blew it. <laughs> I'm not doing this again. So yeah, I got yeah. up at 5 in the morning, and I went to the radio station. I recorded all my mixes on CD. Mm. And then I left them in the main studio, and I called every person out. Well, I left the text. Like, mm. yuck, I'm not going to be there. Yeah. So put this mix on, and yeah. I'll, I drove up to New York. Yeah. Long story short, I get in there. Uh, I meet some other people that eventually started to work at Revolt. We're mm. all in this little conference room. Mm -hmm. and they take us upstairs, upstairs. Yeah. They put mics on me again. So now I'm like, what is this, a TV show? I'm about to interview with Puff, and I got a microphone on me? Why? Right. And they're like, putting the camera in my face like, yo, um, 
are you, you know, are you nervous? Yeah. Are you excited? I'm just like, yeah, man, this is scary. You're right. So I see some dude out here in the hallway. We're like in these cubicles. Like, how the office looks like, it's different rooms, but they have like big cubicle walls, like detachable walls. Okay. okay. So I'm in a different room, but I can hear a puff through the wall because technically you could detach the wall. Mm -hmm. Here, Puff in here on the phone. He's like arguing or something on the phone. He's talking to somebody crazy. So it's like he already yeah. not in a good mood. And right. then I hear somebody out in the hallway screaming and yelling, like happy, but like, you know, turned up. Yeah. So they ask that person in the hallway, yo, you want to meet the people that's going to interview with Puff? And he's like, yeah, you know, yeah. You know, I want to yeah. see who about to interview with Puff. Let me see what's going on. Mm -hmm. Dude walks in and yeah. when he walks, he's like, damn it, what up? <laughs> and I'm looking at him like, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, dog, it's me. And I'm like, what are you talking about? This is the guy that organized the trips for us to go interview Floyd Mayweather. Wow. His name is James Cruz. I didn't know James Cruz is Puff's manager. I didn't know that. Wow. James Cruz is also a heavy hitter. Yeah. I didn't know none of this. That's crazy. I seen James Cruz, but he's always on the phone. He was like super important. And you understand, I wasn't even a heavy hitter yet. Yeah. We doing this, these trips, so I just was staying quiet and just staying out the way. Like I wasn't right. bothering anybody because technically yeah. I didn't have to be there, but they were showing me love. So he like, yo, I'm about to go in there and tell Pup to get off the phone right now. I'm like, no, no, don't, don't yeah. bother. So he going, you hear him stomping, boom, 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 boom. Puff, get the f off the phone. We got some people for you to interview, whatever. Yeah, I was the first interview. Mm. I believe everything went well. Long story short, I got the job. Mm. And I'm trying to just cut this story down because this yeah. is... I don't want no, to no. But that story itself of how I got on Revolt is, is a book. It's like... Got you. It's crazy. That The whole story so far is already kind of like... I can literally picture myself there with you from the time from the plane <laughs> all the way to the time you met Diddy, right? I can't pick this stuff up, bro. Like, exactly, I can't. you can't. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, that's that's why that's why. So let's let's expand on that a little more. I know you try to cut it short, but let's just. Oh, I was only cutting short because I didn't want to be long. You know. No, 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 no. You're fine. You're fine. But when it when it came to that introduction with you and Diddy, because everybody loved Diddy, right? They like, yo, it's Diddy. Like, come on. Like, what was that conversation between you two? Like, what happened? A little bit exactly, and like, what did you learn from him that will stay with you forever? You know, in the game. Oh, so what would be my first? introduction to Diddy. See, which I met Diddy before because I was working on radio and I ran up on Diddy. We mm. had a concert called uh, Super Jam. Mm. And I remember he was backstage in the parking lot with all the security around him. And I told one of my co-hosts, who was Michael Sean at the time, I was like, I'm going to go talk to Diddy. I'm going to get Diddy to do a drop for my vlog. And I still yeah. have all the footage. And somehow I finessed my way over there and Diddy's over there drinking a Mc, uh, a McCafe Mm. He's not paying my camera no mind. He's not paying me no mind. And I'm like, yeah, you know, one day Diddy, you know, I'm gonna be a rock, but I'm gonna be working with you. He was like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. So that's the first time I met Diddy. He was kind of flagging me off when mm. I went to do the interview. Um, I sat down and I felt like I was his first interview. And he was kind of figuring out how yeah. he wanted to compose the rest of the interviews. I would believe the first introduction is when I finally moved to LA, and I got to have a little one-on-one -on -one time with him in the hallways. Yeah. And one thing I guess I would say I learned from Puff is Puff knows how to use his influence to, to motivate people to do better, right? Mm -hmm. Puff was the intern, right? Mm -hmm. Puff started off as an intern. Puff has been fired. Puff yeah. had to create it from his own, right? 
So when I see Puff now in the time I met him, he uses his influence to bring that hunger he had to other people. Because mm. Puff is a cool dude. So when you see a lot of times he's like turning up or whatever, like yeah. he's doing it because that's try he's trying to he's trying to spark that hunger in this generation we have now. Because mm. it's the same hunger it was when he was out there watching right. Andre Harrell's car. Right. And I mean, people don't move the same way they used to move. So mm. I feel like a lot of things I learned about Puff is like how to keep that hunger going. Puff don't sleep. And I say, yeah. I, I definitely get my sleep in, but it's not <laughs> the fact that copying him not sleeping, it's copying the hustle. Like, the mm. hustle doesn't stop. Like, Puff doesn't stop working. Whether it's him working physically mm. or him having an idea where somebody else is working, the work doesn't stop. And that's right. definitely one thing to learn from Puff, man. And learning how to move a bunch of people. Everybody don't have that gift where their mm. rhetoric can move a bunch of people to do some things and make change and create networks and Puff yeah. starts speaking on Instagram and everybody's like, yeah, man, like, I want to work with Puff. Like, he, he motivates you. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like that's something I definitely picked up from him. Gotcha. And he always dances, so it just make you, you know, in a good mood. He just puts you in a good mood, you know what I'm saying? He just being himself. I mean, yeah, yeah, I mean, you ain't work with Puff, so you don't know. He ain't always dancing and he be coming in <laughs> like, yo, what we doing? Yeah. You know, Puff serious, too. So, it's definitely yeah. a balance. I just respect, I mean, you respect that, though, a little bit, right? <laughs> I get it, I get it. I mean, now, I always had I always had good interactions with Puff, so I never been, you know, I never had to, because I'm always yeah. hustling, though, you understand. Right. Hustle, respect, hustle. Like, every time he see me, I ain't sitting down on my feet. Like, you know, it's certain things, like, you, you do when you're around a hustler. Like, if somebody that's a hustler and they come in and you work for them, they don't want to see you sitting down when they come in. You should be standing up. The crazy part is, like, when stuff goes wrong on TV, no one thinks about the cameraman or things behind the scene they just see us so learn yeah. how to push through those uh difficult times man like you know it's times the prompters will go out cameras will go down and you got to just know how to keep it moving right but those difficult times made me more agile and made me more flexible and now when i go into certain situations i just have no fear because i've done the worst of it i've interviewed puff on a live tv network <laughs> couldn't mess up right <laughs> it's like you know i've interviewed you know, the Fast and Furious cast in the middle of Hollywood, yeah. prompters went down. And we don't even know what we're reading. We don't know how we're tagging out. We don't know what camera to look at. And you just winging it, and you just learn how to have fun mm. and just that smile on, and, you yeah. know, create your own cue. So it was definitely a lot of difficult things, technically, and mm. with the, the aspect of, you know, learning how to become a host. But right. it's not difficult in the beginning. You kind of don't want it, bro, because it don't, you don't learn how to become sharper from it. Yeah. That's real. I respect that. And I, and I like how you move, honestly. Like, I, I commend you for everything that you do, because I pay attention to, obviously, those who I bring onto the show from afar, see how you're moving. I like how you curate, you know, how you're always positive. Um, and also just bringing value, you know, in any situation, any case, scenario, whatever it may be, you always seek out to be a value to somebody else. You know, you seek that asset versus a liability. And that's what I admire. And I was like, yeah, I got to connect with Dan. Oh, I appreciate it. Yeah, no, nah, like you get it for sure. And it's it's another thing too that I want to you know touch up on. Give you kudos for it. Just I, I see that you're very open, you know, on social media, and I see that you share your relationship with your son. And I'm not sure if you're comfortable along that line, but um, you have a son right now. What's his name? Legend. Legend. Yeah, and I see how you always do, you know, uh, Sundays, right? Right, something like that, or so, yeah, that that quality time. I think that's very admirable because especially amongst our generation. In our demographic, you don't see that too often. So, you know, shedding that light and, and putting out your, 
your wisdom, you know, your knowledge and sharing your love overall is something that I, I really like and enjoy too. And I feel like it should definitely be, you know, on the pedestal to let people know that, that that's a good thing. I appreciate that, man. My son is a young star. That's all he wants to do now is record videos. But right now we're taking a break so he can just focus in on his schoolwork. Yeah. But those videos are definitely coming back soon, especially now he's he's so much older and crazier. Right. Like, you know, and I'm also trying to, uh, well, I'm not trying, I'm partnering with uh, a company called Travel Noir Blavity to mm -hmm. uh, set up some trips abroad so me and my son can start taking those vlogs and taking yeah. them to different countries and stuff. That's big, man. That's big. I'm definitely tapping into it. I'll let everybody know, too. We're going to put all the information down below. But that's heavy. I like that. Appreciate that. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. So now, since we all over the place, and I kind of like it this way a little bit, <laughs> I like the little chaotic feels a little bit. But, you know, I'm thinking along the lines for up and coming artists, whether they be in the music industry, DJ, being a host, whatever it may be for them, based off your expertise, like what advice would you give to them, you know, seeking to step into some place like yourself? Like, you know, what to look out for, what's not to do, what to expect type of thing. It's crazy, man, because I'm actually creating a course for people that want to become media personalities, radio personalities, podcast mm -hmm. personalities. Yeah. And I, the biggest advice, man, is you got to be intentional. Mm -hmm. And I, people used to tell me this when I was growing up and I never knew what the heck it meant. And I'm like, what do you mean be intentional and be focused? Like, I, I never got it. But as I get older now, going into my 30s and looking back at my life, even if I didn't realize it, I was always intentional. I always knew what I wanted to do. Mm. And I had no backup plan. Like, mm. since I was 11, I was a DJ. Yeah. That was it. There was no, oh, maybe I'll do this on the side. I, didn't, I, couldn't, I couldn't even see anything else. And mm. I think a lot of us, we need to start looking at a lot of our passions the same way. Because that's mm. how you get it done. I remember I went to a Steve Harvey conference. And he was like, I don't like plan Bs. Because it takes away from plan A. You should only mm. have a plan A. Mm. And... I, I, I underestimate how intentional I was growing up. Mm -hmm. But when I start helping other people who want to get into things I do and realize how it's a big jump for them to just go full force into their passion, you know, I took for granted how intentional I was. So I think the best advice I can give is be intentional and be focused and carry your life out like how you carried your life through school. Yeah. Like when you had homework in school, you had to get it done. The day before, you know, you so today's uh, Friday, you should be planning your Saturday. You should be writing tasks down and you should be making sure you get them done. You yeah. can't leave it aimlessly out there because you won't get anything done. Time doesn't work like that. You have to be very intentional with everything you do. Right. And I think it's just that simple. That's more important, I think, than talent because I'm not the most talented dude at all. I work with people that's 20 times more talented than me, but they're not organized. They're not intentional. And they don't have good work ethic. They don't have good people skills. And sometimes they're just not good people. It's just mm -hmm. overall. So I think the best advice is like, know what you want to do and be intentional. And, and, and don't try to do 15 things at once. Just because you see damage, be a DJ, be a radio personality, you know, do a YouTube show, do this, do that. I started being a DJ first. Yeah. That's what people don't see. I was a great DJ first. Right. You have to be a... a what I like to say, you have to be an authority in one field first. Mm -hmm. When you look at TV, you see Michael Strahan doing television because he was an excellent football player. Mm -hmm. Kiki Palmer's on TV because he's an excellent child actress. It all starts from somewhere. Or you see somebody on TV that was an excellent stylish, a stylist. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? 
They yeah. were something great first, and then it expands. So now your brand can expand to 15 other different things because you are great at one thing. Yeah. Like when you look at Shaq, he was an amazing, legendary basketball player. Now you've seen him on the general commercials, dunking, dunk, all types of stuff, but he was one thing first. Right. So I think everybody needs to focus and really hone that one passion that they have and then build off of that. Mm, I like that. I like that. And I usually touch up on that, too, in a lot of episodes that I share. And I'm glad you mentioned that again. So people that's watching and listening, pay attention. You, you a little bit more listen. articulate than me, so <laughs> they probably take it from you better. I'm <laughs> stuttering, saying stuff wrong. Like, <laughs> No, that's real. That's how I, I mean, I'm the same way, man. Like, I usually keep it real raw. My audience and all trust me. So I, I totally understand. But, like, like, to your point, you know, I definitely uh, understand and resonate with that, especially for a lot of my uh, guests. Uh, as well, that comes on, just understanding that you have to put yourself in position to succeed. And sometimes you got to make sacrifices. You know, you can't always, you know, taste everything, even though I say taste as much as you can, try as much as you can. But from your general point of view, it's like, find something you get at first, work it until you make enough to where you can branch out. And then that's when the other streams start to come in. And that's basically what it is. And I totally get that. So people, pay attention to what he said. <laughs> pay attention to it. And I think to that certain extent, though, now I'm trying to, because my mind is everywhere. This is really yeah. how I go. <laughs> it's really how I go. Like, what's what's next for you, though? You know, like, what's coming well, up? For, for I, think, I think um, I always had a gift in motivating people. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of times where the places and opportunities I got is because I know how to talk to people and I know how to make them feel good about themselves. And it's mm -hmm. not because I'm the most talented it's not because, you know, I'm the best. It's because, you know, it's that it's that personal skill that you have. And I feel like a lot of people need to definitely develop and hone their personal skills. But what's next for me, man, I really want to help the next generation of people that want to be hosts and media personalities. I think I have a lot to offer. I think my way into the game was very unique. And I learned a lot of things and a lot of skills that people... It's To get in this game that, I, that I'm in now... Yeah. It takes at least 10 years. And, in, it, and it takes 10 years, and this is why. One, because entertainment is not a young person's game. People think that, it's not. It's an older person's game because a network takes time to connect. Mm -hmm. Like me knowing you, and in five years from now, me continuing to know you, yeah. it makes, it, it makes us to be able to co-sign each other for opportunities. Right. If I just met you today, and you just meet me today, based on your resume is what I have to co-sign you on, but if I have a personal connection with you, right. things go farther. So a lot of these opportunities people see I have came from networks I created when I was in college. Mm -hmm. From people that I seen rise up with me, from people that used to be interns and assistants, now they're you know in executive positions. They don't understand, like, you grow with your network. So I really want to get into media coaching and helping people and understanding how this game really works because it doesn't happen overnight. But yeah. it can happen faster if you have a, a, a mentor because a lot of things, it takes you a time to get certain places because you have to learn the rules and you have to get the experience. Right. And it's hard to get that experience if you don't have a mentor. And it's hard to get a mentor because literally this is a competitive game. Like somebody's not going to necessarily mentor you because you can come in and take their job. Mm-hmm. But me, I don't look at things like that. Like, what's for me yeah. is what's for me. And, yeah. you know, there's so many talented people out there, and it's the internet. There's so many brands. There's so much ways, so many ways to make money. You know, mm -hmm. that's what I'm looking to do now. Like, with my brand, like, I'm looking to jump, jump more behind the scenes, 
yeah. help the next, you know, and push, you know, people that are super talented, more talented to me than that, that could be on these big screens and interviewing the biggest artists or the biggest actors and actresses. Yeah. Like, I want to help cultivate that. So that's what I'm looking to do next. I love it, man. I love it. And I know, like I said, I know I got you on. I know you got things to do. I know you're kicking and doing your thing. But I do appreciate you for coming on. I do appreciate you for sharing your, your value, your insight, and breaking everything down. I think it's, it's important that, you know, we in a time where you have to be transparent. You have to reach out and reach back and pull people up with you. And like you say, be a mentor to so many people so where they can actually resonate and build their own, you know, dream and build out their own path. So I, I love all of that. And I'm gonna make sure I put down all the information down below. Uh, where can they find you at though? Uh, what's the best social media handles? You can tap Man, into? everything is at the real DJ Damage. That's T H E Real DJ Damage. Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook is I Am Damage. Uh, the website for my media coaching is coming soon, so look out for that. It's the Legendary Media Group, and yeah, man, look if you're trying to get into podcasting, radio, television hosting, anything that has to do with media, you know, holler at me. I can help be your guy. If only if you're serious, though. If you're not serious and you're not trying to invest your time, your energy, and and your in some hard work, I can't help you. But if you're really serious, if you're one of those one out of a million people or one out of you know, whatever. <laughs> number of people that really are serious because it's not everybody. Everybody yeah. acts like they're serious, but you're not serious. You know, let me know and definitely connect with me on my Instagram and we can get connected, uh, get things going. Perfect, perfect. So again, guys, I'll make sure I put all the information down below in the description. You can tap in. That's you can tell. Damage the cool dude. Even though his name is Damage, he means well. All right, so <laughs> hit him up, you know, DM him. He's very chill and relaxed. Um, and again, appreciate you, man, for coming on. It's been an honor. All day, bro. Until next time, guys, much love, peace, and blessings. Yo, what's going on, guys? Turn it back into the podcast really quick. I hope you guys really enjoy the episode as much as I enjoy creating it with DJ Damage, one of the top DJs in the music industry. As you can tell, he's very transparent. He's very open, and he means what he's saying. He, he lives by his word, and I admire that. I respect that. I mean, we talked about his come up in the music industry. Uh, he was able to transition not just from being a DJ, but also going to an on-air personality. Like That's very difficult and not an easy thing to do, especially when you're always behind the scenes like he said being a so-called introvert and just playing the beats but now you're in front of thousands and thousands of people on live television in most cases you know sharing insight and wisdom and knowledge so he definitely dives into it a lot and I hope he was able to take some value from it especially if you're considering going down that path um, either option right whether you're DJ or you're thinking about going on air I think you can take and pull something from this episode so hopefully you enjoyed it again uh, it's a great episode I'm super excited about it um, I can't wait to hear the feedback from all of you so if you haven't already and you would like to definitely go to iTunes and feel free to leave a rating and review let me know your thoughts share your thoughts it can be a one star two three four five you know I'm personally not picking on a rating I just um, honor the the transparency and the respect of just having a comment you know giving back as far as feedback and engagement so that would mean the world to me I do want to take this moment to say that I have opened up a podcast mastery course for those seeking to start their very own podcast. I know a lot of people have been reaching out to me interested in knowing how to start one. So 
I've created a course that outlines everything you need to know about podcasting from editing, scaling, and monetizing your brand. For me personally, I spent hundreds and thousands and thousands of dollars learning how to brand, how to market, how to construct, how to actually grow my podcast, how to get my name out there. And what I want to do is provide a blueprint and pretty much a very detailed guideline on what you need to know to become successful within the industry and start to see results because this is all based off results. So for those who are interested and those who are serious, if you're serious, I would love to work with you and help you create your own show to help grow your brand and your businesses. All you have to do is simply head over to www.levelupdaily.com. Again, that's www.levelupdaily.com. Go ahead and sign up. You'll receive full access to the course, and I'll be there every step of the way. So with that being said, I can't wait to work with all of you, and I look forward to seeing you all on the inside. And I'm going to cut it right there, and we can hop into some bloopers um, from behind the scenes on what me and DJ Damage were talking about <laughs> a little after the show here. So I hope you guys enjoy it. See you all soon. And that's the show. How you feel about it, man? Everything was cool, man. Like, it's, it's so much stuff to, to say, bro. It's, like, hard to break it. <laughs> it's hard. What has been the craziest party you DJed at? <laughs> the craziest party I DJed? Hmm. <laughs> bro, it's too many to even. And what do you what do you define as crazy? <laughs> Just, I mean, what's your definition of it? Whether it's just I'm gonna wild. tell you a crazy story. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is when I was young. Right. Okay, I DJ this uh this girl's party I went I went to boarding school with. Yeah. And she acts so hood, bro. She was acting so hood. Yeah. And then when I went to her house, I went to stay at her house because this is how we had to do it. She lived far in Jersey. She came from the most beautiful neighborhood I've ever seen. I was just yeah. like, how are you acting this crazy? But this is what made the party crazy. So I'm DJing the party, and somehow all family fight broke out. I'm talking about grandma mm. was fighting, she was fighting the mom, like every, and we're in a beautiful neighborhood. And it was this real yeah. hood backyard fight. Like it was chairs being thrown, everything. And that mm. probably had to be one of the craziest parties I ever DJ because one, I spent the night there. Two, it was a beautiful neighborhood, beautiful house where you could see like up to the third floor from like the first floor. I'm like, y'all yeah. damn near rich. And to see how hood and ratchet they was when the party kicked off, the girls like turning 15, bro. Mm. Like family was fighting. So definitely one of the craziest parties <laughs> I DJ for sure. Wow. There's some other ones that yeah. that's probably when I was older, but that was just wild to me to watch the whole, and the whole family was fighting. Grandma right. was fighting. Like yeah. it was wild. I know you DJ and you like, what, 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 what's, what's going on? Right. <laughs> nuts, yo. Crazy. Yeah, yeah. Got you, got you. Now, who has been like your biggest inspiration just being in the industry? Somebody you just look up to that's just like, yo, like how they move it, like they doing. Yeah, I think for me, my inspiration comes to just from a magnitude of different things. Okay. Like watching my friends win, they might not necessarily be doing what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. but watching how what they might not seem to be possible be possible for them you know i definitely get inspiration like more so from my peers dude honestly like i just i don't i just can't get complacent i'm like yeah i'm always trying to do the next thing like i never feel like what i do is good enough but i don't mm -hmm. beat myself up about it but i just never look at it like this is a big deal and i think that's what really keeps me going like yeah 
Like, oh, you know, like when I first got on radio, mm -hmm. I was on radio at 10 o'clock. And I'm like, oh, it's dope, I'm on radio, but it's only 10 o'clock. Right. You know, it's, it's late late at night. And then, you know, I, I moved on and moved on and, you know, got better radio positions. But me having that attitude and not feeling like, hooray, I did it, kept me yeah. hungry. So I feel like, you know, I just had this, this, this hunger in me that's always in there. But like, I definitely get my inspiration from my peers. It's watching people yeah. that I love and that are my homies and watch them su uh, succeed makes me really happy. And it makes me feel like, man, like now I want to, you know, want to do something so I can, you know, I congratulate them. I want them to congratulate me too. Like right. it's be a circle of, of winning. Like, so definitely yeah. like from all my peers, all my homies that's out there killing it, doing big things, they're definitely my inspiration. And last question, what is the top tracks you bumping right now? on your playlist when you DJ? Man, what is the name of them? It's Young, <laughs> it's the one with Young Thug and Gunna. What's the name of that one? Ooh, is it hot? Is it hot? Is it hot? I think it is hot. Yeah. Definitely hot. that one. The new Fat Joe, Unwell, and Cardi B, that Yes. Okay. That's that's my joint right now, for yeah. sure. Um, <laughs> I'm liking the whole Post Malone album. Mm. What else? Um, that's really my my top ones right there. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think, is there a, a, a sneak one? <laughs> Those definitely the ones I'm banging like every day. Awesome. Okay. Most album I love. Um, I love that new Fat Joe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, man. Um, the baby. I know his album coming soon. I can't wait to hear that. Young yeah. and Mate dropped that album. I need to listen to that. So I'm sure it's gonna be one of my favorites on there. I like yeah. the song Six She Got, produced by Mike Zombie. Man, I like a lot of joints right now. It's crazy. <laughs> you like, I'm just bumping. I feel it, bro. 